Welcome to the PC Tab podcast series. As part of the deliverables in terms of the PC Tab Real Research Partnership, Real undertook to design and produce a number of podcasts. Now, the intention of this podcast series is firstly to showcase the findings of the key areas of research conducted on behalf of the PC Tab, and secondly, to reflect and engage with some of the key issues that are facing the public service sector in terms of issues around skills capabilities, competencies, and capacity. Now, in this podcast series, the researchers that we're going to speak to are going to share with us the key research findings, the key focus of their research, and some of the recommendations that emerged from the work that they did within this larger project. And in view of this focus, the podcast series will focus on areas such as unpacking the notion of a performing state, what skills can and can't do for a capable state, and skills planning in the public service sector, and what is needed to facilitate the building of a capable state. Now, today, we are joined by Professor Anne McLennan, who is going to take us through some of the key foci findings and recommendations of the work that she did in one stream within the larger research project. Prof, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Now, without further ado, could you please tell us about your research project? What was it about and what did it entail? So the research... um wasn't only mine, so you have to add yourself in. Do I? <laughs> yes. So I'm going to say it. you can go and do that later, but okay. So the research project that Timber and I did looked at skills planning and supply in the public service, but within the specific context of a state that is developmental and capable. So the idea of the research was not only to track and describe the processes by which planning and supply is done, delivery is done in relation to the development of skills, but also to look at whether those skills are relevant to and in fact contribute to building the capacity of a state that needs to deliver to everyone, in particular the most poor. Thank you so much, Prof. Now, what would you say was the central problem or the concern that this stream of research was trying to address? Okay, the central problem is really that skills planning and development operates at the center of a number of different systems which are quite complex and they work at intersections of different understandings of what skills are, what skill supply is, what needs are, how you get to needs, and in particular understandings about institutional capacity and how skills development fits into that. Thank you so much. Uh, and what were the findings that then emerged from the research? So there are two layers of findings in a way. So the first layer of findings comes from the initial research, which was to describe what skills planning looks like in the public service. And within the framework of the broad skills planning and development research that's been done. So in other words, what the Department of Higher Education and Training do and the role of education and training authorities. And that's because the PCTA is located specifically within that. And so to map the ways in which 
PCTA has access to information about skills needs and how they enable those needs to be met by various providers and different kinds of development work. And I think the two key issues that emerge from that are the proliferation of training. So there isn't a kind of planned training. Training is fractured across the public service. There's lots of different training provided by anyone from universities to private institutions to government training institutions and the PC to itself. On the other side is there's a duplication or even a triplication of planning processes. And those largely happen in three broad spaces. The one space is the development planning space, which is led by the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation. And they do planning which is related to the kind of institutional and operational capacity of departments, provincial and national, not yet local. And specifically, they collect information that's related to service delivery plans, how services are delivered, and development plans, so in relation to the National Development Plan and how departments are performing in relation to that. The second one, and probably the one that's most sort of dominant in the, in the public service, is the one operated by the Department of Public Service and Administration. And that department is responsible for human resource planning and provision for the public service. So they define terms and conditions of employment, they define work organization and structures, and they require that within the medium-term expenditure framework that departments produce plans that human resource development plans that work in three-year cycles and then, and then they have to report on them annually. And that's also national and provincial departments. And then the PCTA, in terms of the Skills Development Act, asks departments to conduct skills audits, which they also have to update annually in order to contribute to the sector plan. And none of these plans really talk to each other, and departments have to provide the same information to three different spaces. The other level of findings relates to developing an understanding of what a capable and developmental state actually is and what skills are related to those. And these findings in part came specifically from an analysis of the context and also from a series of interviews which were done with various members in policy departments departments as well as public service training institutions, national and provincial. In context terms, what comes out very clearly is that policy, in particularly politics, is very prominent and a key driver of actually what skills are needed or thought to be needed that socioeconomic conditions create a great variety, especially across provinces, so uneven provision. And then the key one in relation to work organization and culture is that there's been the development of a kind of process of tick box compliance. And this means that there's a tendency for people and this came out very much strongly in the interviews that were done, there's a tendency for people to simply go through the motions of filling in the forms, 
without actually thinking through the processes that would say, if these are our strategic objectives, what kind of skills do we need and therefore how are we going to get there? What they actually do is just say, we need more policy people, tick or whatever. So they take the list that's basically there, which is predefined, and populate it. So this revealed that quite a lot of work needs to be done on defining what skills are required for working both within and across a very differentiated and disconnected public service system. And at the moment, the skills planning systems that are in place don't do that. Yeah, it's very, very, very interesting. Now, um, what do these findings then mean for either the PCTA specifically or the public service sector in general? And how does this then add to our body of knowledge as to what is then needed to build a capable state? So the PCTA focuses on what they call transversal skills, needs and provision, which are sort of your implementation skills in the public service. So they relate to policy and management and they don't always look at the conceptual and applied knowledge that's attached to that, particularly in departments like education or health, where you might have specific knowledge. But even in transversal departments like DPSA, you might need specific human resource knowledge, etc. And in particular, what they don't look at is the agency that is required in a developmental and capable public service for public service officials to make decisions and judgments about what needs to be done. And so one of the big things there, I think, for the PCTA is that they need to think about needs in terms of both individual performance and also institutional performance. And a lot of those needs aren't actually gaps, as we would normally find. You can't sort of find an easy skills gap for those needs. Those are things that are related to how people are able to understand the context in which they work, what conditions they are, what that means for service delivery, how to build collaborative relationships or work with other people in order to achieve that, in other words, to break existing silos, and how to sort of influence and build trust so that people can begin to work past the hierarchy and the tick-box compliance and actually think about how do I do my work so that I can deliver what I need to deliver? At the moment, delivery in the public service actually tends to work upwards towards politicians. In other words, politicians say, I need this, and the whole system works upwards to give that. And really, delivery needs to work outwards towards citizens um, and focus on citizen needs. And in order to do that, officials need a high level of confidence and faith that the system will actually allow them to exercise judgment appropriately. I'm not sure if there's a contribution to the field of knowledge around capable and developmental states, but I think the key thing is that there's a tendency to use the model of a capable and developmental state that comes from the East Asian tigers. And for those states to actually work, the kind of conditions for them to work were that you need an autonomous public service sector, in other words, a sector that can make decisions, can speak truth to power. You need a strong 
political focus and will to make the development happen. You need the skills and capacities in the state to drive development and in particular economic development because most developmental states focus on economic development. South Africa is different because South Africa's developmental state actually it is partly about economic development but it's much more about social development and redistribution. Yes. So development in that sense is seen in a as social justice rather than only economic development, which was the drivers in the East Asian states. And I think the research sort of highlights those different contexts in relation to how we think about a developmental state. And that's quite useful if you're thinking about how you build capacity for a developmental state or what skills you need in order to make sure that public servants are ethical, developmental and capable. Thank you so much, Prof. So I know you've alluded to them, but could you take us through some of the key recommendations that emerged to address the problem that you researched? And maybe what do these recommendations then mean in terms of how do we locate the issue of skills within the public service sector? Are skills the issue or should we be looking elsewhere? Well, the recommendations for PCTA were around, in fact, the two big findings, the proliferation of training and the multiplication of planning systems. The issue broadly with the system is that all those different planning systems, those players, which include PCTA, have different levels of political power and influence. So when looking at recommendations for the PCTA, one of the things we need to look at is the kinds of roles they can play in terms of their mandate. And one critical role that they can play is to try and link all those systems together so there's one hub for data. So that's the first thing, just in terms of data being fed up. It means that departments only have to feed up one set of data. But the other thing is that that would enable, which is a thing that doesn't happen now, it would enable the PC to, to analyze that data in terms of the implications for what skills are needed now and in the future. And in terms of future skills in particular, to measure that against I mean, what's emerging globally, but also where we are in a South African context. And the, the fourth industrial revolution is a key example of, of that kind of a process, because one of the things on the skill lists are skills for the fourth industrial revolution. But we're not quite there, certainly not in terms of, I mean, there's some areas where we are, but artificial intelligence, those kinds of things. So the key issue is to see, okay, we know we're going to need those, but what specifically do we need and how do we grow them over a period of time? So to be able to sort of house that data in one place, so almost, I suppose, a data clearinghouse, but also analyze that data. Because, for example, planning information feeds up all those annual performance plans that are reported on, feed up into the DPME, but no one looks across and says, it seems like no one can deliver A, B, or C, or they all have a problem with human resources, or whatever. So we're not using the information that's already in the system, and I think that's what PCTA could do. The other thing it can do is connect the different systems and sort of convene so that 
in, in a way, there's a single strategy around human resource or skills development priorities. But in particular, in relation to providers, actually, the PCTA could use its influence there, particularly because it's of its funding abilities yes. to drive priority areas. So it already does that in some way based on the sector skills plans. But one of the things it could do is begin to look at building in the skills that aren't there and that no one thinks on about because they're not on the list. And this can be linked in some ways to the current emphasis on the professionalization of the public service. And those are skills related to ethical practice, decision-making, problem-solving, which are all transversal skills, but they have to be developed in context, and they have to be practiced. So... A limitation with all of these, and this goes to the issue of institutional culture, is that by and large most public officials operate in systems that define how they work and what their work output. So it's very hierarchical, decisions are made by submissions that get passed up the line, can take many weeks to complete, and those kinds of things. So in part, the success of this would depend also on the PC to raising awareness about the extent to which the workplace influences how skills are practiced, but also how they develop, because people often develop skills in the workplace based on their experience, and they might not be the right ones. So that would be their role. Where do we then position the issue of skills? Um, should we be focusing on building skills in order to build a capable state, or are there other things that we need to focus on or look at? Um, maybe not skills only, but we do need to build capability for the state. And so it is a potentially strategic role that PCTA can play, and skills is right within that. If we look at where we want to go, so we want to have a, a socially just, capable state, that requires also a socially inclusive economy, an economy that grows, you know, good education systems, all those things that we know have to be built into that. And a lot of those kind of factors are out of the control of government departments or the PCTA, etc. But what we can do is build the capacity or the capability, develop the capacity of the state to deliver. That's where interventions can be made, and that's where skills are critical. But then skills need to be looked at in the context of building institutions and in particular new cultures and routines so that people with new skills are going into departments or able to practice those skills because they're supported by and trust their senior managers and therefore that the public service is able to deliver um, and they're delivering outwards to citizens rather than upwards to politicians. And to some extent, and I think that's the intention behind the idea of professionalizing, it means depoliticizing the public service, which the cynic in me suggests is impossible. But at least, I suppose, one of the things you can do is shift those to the small p politics of organizations rather than the fact that it's driven now by you know, where the ruling party is and what kind of things they have to deliver. And it's one year to 
the elections and now everyone's trying to make sure that they do something before that time is up. So, yeah, skills development is a big part of building that. Mm. Prof, thank you so much for these insightful thoughts and thank you so much for the research as well. Pleasure.